Welcome to Paddle Pilgrim Podcast, the podcast which explores adventures in life, relationships, and the human spirit. I'm Dave Ellingson, adventurer, author, educator, and seeker of wisdom. Today's guest on our series, The Magic of Music, is singer, songwriter, and composer of musical jingles, Jane Henderson. Welcome, Jane. Hello, David. Yeah, we'll, we'll hear more about those jingles. That's going to be kind of a special treat. But we really want to hear uh, first about your musical journey. You know, how did you get started? What have been the 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 fun things along the way the challenges i mean just so folks know kind of your background tell us well let's see i uh, grew up in minnesota with a family that did a lot of singing we we just seemed to sing all the time <laughs> and um my dad played the ukulele and so he showed me how to play the ukulele and we did five foot two and a bunch of, you know, those old kinds of songs. <laughs> and then uh, we moved into a, a, a bigger house and my mother insisted that we buy a piano and that we would all take lessons. I have two sisters and a brother. Mm -hmm. And so she bought this really actually wonderful piano. It was a Baldwin acrosonic uh, piano and they moved it in and she found a an excellent teacher who lived in a town about oh, 10 miles away, because I grew up in a small town in Glencoe, which is outside of Minneapolis, about 30 miles. And so she found this great teacher and uh, we started taking piano. And it's funny because I, I remember um, feeling immediately comfortable at the piano. I don't, like I'd been there before, if you will. Um, and I had an excellent teacher and she mostly taught classical. So I became familiar with, I think Mozart was her favorite. And we did Beethoven, um, some Haydn. And um, I, she entered me into the Minnesota Music Teachers Association piano contest. At the time it was a contest, uh, which is now almost a hundred years old, I think. And a couple of years, I won the contest and I was able to go through into, at the end, they put 10 pianos on a stage. Uh, when I did it, it was at Northrop Auditorium, which was um, on the campus of the university. And they put 10 grand pianos on the stage and I got to play with, um, I think there were two kids at each piano. So there were 20 kids and we, we played a, a four-handed piece uh, in this concert. And um, that was a great experience, wonderful experience. The other thing that, that she did was I had a great aunt who played piano and organ and she um, gave me a stack of sheet music from the forties and fifties. And a lot of it, a lot of those songs were um, what we call, I guess, standards, you know, like Somewhere Over the Rainbow and Polka Dots and Moonbeams and all these wonderful songs. And, and so what she would do, what my teacher would do was at, at the end of each lesson, she would pull out whatever was on the top of the stack of sheet music and put it in front of me. And we would use it to, to, to practice sight reading. 
So you, so what you do is you put a piece of, of music in front of you and you figure out what key it's in and what, what the time signature is and is it major, minor, and and da 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 and you, and you sort of scan through it and then, then you play, then you play it. Mm. And in doing that, I learned all these incredible old songs, all these standards. And so then, of course, uh, my parents being way into music, we had a sound system and they were listening to Frank Sinatra and, you know, all of those wonderful singers, especially Frank, um, back in those days. And, and we just listened to a lot of music and I played piano and then um, and then um, <laughs> We, the organist at our church graduated from high school. And so my mother was on the board uh, at the church and she said, oh, Jane can play the organ. I'd never, I had never played the organ. So I, I uh, became the organist at my church and played organ there for, I mean, it was a simple organ. It wasn't real complicated, thank goodness. And I did that for three years until I graduated from high school. And then in the process, I saved up the money from playing the organ and bought my first guitar. And I started playing um, some, you know, folk music back in those days. It was Joan Baez and, and um, uh, the Brothers Four and the Kingston Trio and all of those folk kind of artists. And I started uh, playing guitar and then, um, I was, I was a cheerleader and whenever we went on trips to another uh, city to, to play basketball or football or whatever, the couple of my friends and I would always bring our guitars and we, that's what we would do on the bus. We would sing along and, and play, you know, sing all the songs on the bus. So then um, I uh, graduated and, and uh, went to Luther and I, I went to Luther because I was a biology major and at the time, the biology department at Luther was just about as, as famous and as good as the music department. And I, I, had, I, I, I didn't know anything about the music department. I was going for biology. <laughs> and so I went to Luther and um, started studying biology. And um, I actually um, auditioned for the freshman band and I played uh, percussion in the in the freshman band because that's what I played in high school was percussion and um, let's see then then when I was uh, a sophomore my uh, a really good friend of mine who played flute Catherine Azar uh, who played flute and I played I was playing guitar and we were kind of we were playing in the coffee house at on Luther campus mm -hmm. I was playing guitar and she was playing flute and she said, she said, you know, I saw this um, advertisement, if you will, the, for auditions for Nordic Choir. And I think you should audition. And I went, no, man, I, I'm a folk singer. You know, they, they, <laughs> I, I don't have a trained, you know, choral voice. And uh, there's no way. And she said, I'll bet you 20 bucks. Or maybe it was 10. I don't know. And so I, and I, so I said, no problem. You know, I, I'll go in there and audition and I, I'm more than happy to take your $10. So I went over to the audition and that was the first time that I had met Weston. And, you know, I, I really wasn't really nervous because I didn't think I was, there was no way I was going to make it. And so, you know, we did, my God, how wonderful thou art. That was the, like the warm up and tryout song. And he said to me, 
Jane, if you will take voice lessons, I want you to be in Nordic. Mm. <laughs> and and your life was changed forever. Truly. <laughs> so I had to pay the 20 bucks too. <laughs> <laughs> Worth every cent. <laughs> so I, I got into Nordic and um, then the next year, Weston came to me and said, I want you to find a song that you will sing on the guitar with the choir. And I was like, oh, wow. So of course, at the time I'm listening to Joni Mitchell and Judy Collins, and it actually was a Judy Collins rendition of the song, Turn, Turn, Turn by Pete Seeger that she had on an album. And so I, I rushed home up to my dorm and I got the album and I brought it over and Weston, Weston put it on his turntable table and started it up. And, and he, after about, uh, I don't know, a few bars, he turned to me and he had this big smile on his face. <laughs> and so um, he got Larry Livingston, who was a music professor at Luther at the time, to arrange a choral part. And we did that song. I sang solo with, with Nordic for two years in a row. I played guitar and we and uh, Jack Magnuson played guitar one year and another year, um, Kobler, I'm not gonna remember his name, played. Uh, so we had two guitars and I sang solo and we did it on tour for two years and um, and then recorded it actually. In 71, we the tour took us down to Florida, to Miami. And there's a uh, recording studio there, actually quite a famous uh, um, recording studio, Criterion. And we walked in on a Sunday, I think it was a day off for, for most of the people who worked in the studio. And we walked in and we saw these guitar cases with Crosby and Stills and Nash up against <laughs> the walls. They had been they had been recording there. Oh, wow. So we walked in and we recorded Turn Turn and I think five or six other um, pieces that became an album.
like um to to sing play guitar and have a a choir behind you oh my goodness it's you know i think the the one thing well not the one thing but the thing about weston that so um influenced me and probably everyone was he and i told him this he was a conduit he was a channel he, he he received grace and through him and through his music it was communicated and that that was i think what was so remarkable about that choir and about um all the music that he produced through us through all of us um and i remember thinking because my plan was to go to Luther and, and major in biology and become a med tech. That was, that was, that's what I was going to do. And, and at the same time, I also got my teaching credential just in case that didn't work out, then I could teach senior high biology. Mm -hmm. Well, once I got into Nordic, I was like, I, I, want, I want this. I want to feel this. I want to feel what Weston feels when he receives that grace and when he opens himself up to letting it flow through his spirit through his body through you know just everything 
You know, he, it flew, it just flowed through him and into us. I remember there were times when he would be conducting and he would be standing in front of us and he wasn't moving up. He was, his eyes were closed. He wasn't moving a muscle, but you could feel what he wanted you to do. He could, he, he conducted that whole choir without any motion. It was all through his spirit. And I wanted to, I, I wanted to feel that. I wanted to continue to feel that. Now we're gonna we're gonna transition from that kind of interesting larger piece to a much more intimate piece that you wrote, um, and I think it was the name of um, of a, a an album that you produced. Tell us about this song. Yes. Oh, it might be spring. <laughs> um, you know uh, what can I say about composing? Uh, composing for me, composing comes comes in many different ways. Sometimes I have a melody that, that, that happens. Sometimes I have words that happen. Sometimes I have a feeling like a rhythmic feeling. Um, and sometimes it comes all at once. Mm. And this song came all at once. It was like already written. I was just listening to it. And all I had to do was write it down and sing it that's so that's what that song is about well let's have a listen to uh it might be spring it it we know the season i don't know how cold it is back there it actually snowed in seattle today and it's probably below zero and spring <laughs> is a long ways off but this is this is not just about spring this is about um uh a romance so it's a it's a lovely song let's have a listen someone said the season's changing Winter's finally passing by But I really didn't notice Here's the reason why It might be spring It might be April But I'm not in love There might be My broken 
Jane, uh, on your one of your CDs, you you kind of marked different places in your life with different songs. This next next piece is a favorite of many of us from our growing up years. Tell us about it and and maybe how it uh, was a key place in your journey. Well, when it came down to thinking about what songs I wanted wanted to include on my CD, this was one uh, that I that definitely I wanted to put on the list. When I was young and in elementary school, um, we had uh, an incredible um, music teacher. Her name was Mrs. Hudson Rader. And um, she um, one year decided to put to create a musical. And she actually based it around the song Never Never Land from um, the Peter Pan uh, um, story and the Peter Pan uh, musical that was on Broadway uh, written by Jules Stein. And she took that song and created this little musical that was uh, based on a story of three kids who uh, were stuck inside on a rainy day and they didn't know what to do. And so they snuck up into the attic and they found an old map and they started imagining where they would like to go. And they went to uh, Paris and then the sixth grade girls did the can-can. And, <laughs> and then one scene was a Western scene where they, I think the song was Wagon Wheels. And then there was another scene where they went to like a, um, a, a, a palm tree island in the South Pacific. And they did, we're having a heat wave. <laughs> and so it was just this combination of all these different songs from this idea that these kids had created in their minds. And at the end, the theme of the whole, and she called it Never Never Land, the name of the, of the little opera, operetta. And um, um, I was one of the three little kids. And at the end of the, of the, of the, of the production, we sang that song. Um, me and, and Ellen Carsons and Brad Benicky. We were the three kids. And so, so, that's, that's... so we're going to hear your version of Never Never Land. Yes, by uh, Jules Stein. By Jules Stein. 
Sounds great. Let's have a listen.
Just think of lovely things, and your heart will fly on wings forever. In Oh, I love that song. It just takes me back like you to watching Peter Pan and and imagining the kids and having to go home and all of that. I, you know, that it's one of my favorites too. So I, I know our listeners will love it. This next, this next piece, um, again, was another song, which probably you learned and I learned when we were kids, we learned it at church, right? And, you know, I think many people know this song and probably can sing it by heart, but the way you do it is kind of unique. Tell us about this little light and how it came together. Well, it was always one of my favorite songs. We, you know, we sang it at Bible camp. We sang it at home. We, you know, it was, it was, it was kind of a family song that we would sing. And um, I, um, I told you about the sax player, Kathy Jensen. She was also in another band that I was in called Women Who Cook. <laughs> and this was a band, this, it was a, a, a 14 piece, all female band. So she decided that we would do a concert at the Guthrie Theater. Mm -hmm. And so we put together a complete concert um, of, of songs with all these women and it was all women. We, we got a, a, a woman bass player and drummer and we had three horns and seven singers and two keyboard players and a guitar player. And we put on a show at the Guthrie. And I still can remember, <laughs> I still can remember we were just gonna walk out to the stage. I, you've been to the Guthrie, it's a thrust stage. And so the seats are all around the stage. So just before the show started, of course, it's dark and we, we the ushers come and have these little flashlights and they show you out to your instrument so you can get there without tripping on wires and stuff. So they the ushers came and the, the drummer went to her place and I went to my keyboard and the bass player got in and then and the singers walked out and and the lights, pardon me, the lights went up. And people stood up. We started the first song and people stood up. Wow. It was amazing. <laughs> and I still remember the song. It was um, having a party. Everybody's singing. Remember that song? Yeah. Dance oh, yeah. to the music. Yeah. Yep. It was great. And so we did that show at the Guthrie and then we did a show at the state theater and then we did a show at the 
uh, O'Shaughnessy, and then we did, um, uh, uh, I think we did the Orphan. We did all the all the major uh, show places in Minneapolis. And then eventually, um, Marion got this crazy idea that we were gonna take this on the road to Russia. Mm. So we packed up, there were 40 of us because we had all the band and we had a video. There's, they produced a video of it and we had some husbands and some wives and, and um, um, a, a crew to help carry equipment. And we flew off to Russia and we were there for two weeks and did um, uh, concerts in Moscow and in Sochi and then back in Moscow again. Wow. So that, it was uh, quite, quite, it was really an interesting journey. So, so this little light is an ensemble so piece involving is, some of the women. So, yes. So what I did was when I when I was started working on the album, I called the singers from Women Who Cook, and I said, "Would you guys come and sing this song with me?" So that's who's on this song. Well, let's light up the 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 stage here and the sounds with this little light. This little light of mine. I'm gonna let it shine This little light of mine I'm gonna let it shine This little light of mine I'm gonna let it shine Let it shine, let it shine Let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. Hide it under a bushel, no I'm gonna let it shine Hide it under a bushel, no I'm gonna let it shine Hide it under a bushel, no I'm gonna let it shine Let it shine, let it shine Let it shine, let it shine Gonna let it, this little light of mine I'm gonna let it shine This little light of mine I'm gonna let it shine. 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 Won't let Satan blow it out. I'm gonna let it shine. Won't let Satan blow it out. I'm gonna let it shine. Won't let Satan blow it out. I'm gonna let it shine, let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. Let it shine, 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 let it shine. Can't let Satan blow it out, right? No way. No, no, no. Now, I, you know, speaking of lights and candelabra this next song the visual in my mind is um from church to a bar where you're playing because you know musicians gotta go where the work is and you played and i heard you at a number of um 
bistros, if you will, in the Minneapolis area. And I, I always picture, um, you know, the, the jazz singer, the jazz player at a piano, which you did, your grand piano, and, and, a, and a candelabra or, a, or a, a light there, you know, as, you know, the torch songs are being sung. So this, right. this song, uh, I almost had to talk you into this. I don't know that you really wanted to do this, but it's one of my favorite songs of yours. Why don't you tell us a little bit about this uh, great Michael Johnson song? Um, I really, I really liked, uh, and I, liked Michael Johnson. He was originally from, from the Minneapolis area. And I actually, uh, and I think I told you this story, I got a chance to sing in the studio with him. And he had such a warm voice. And it was so, it was such an, he sang so easily. Mm -hmm. And um, I remember standing next to him with, you know, we had our earphones on and we were singing I don't some jingle or something or other. I don't remember honestly what it was we were doing, but um, I remember the feeling of I just wanted to I just wanted to crawl inside his mouth and be surrounded by his voice because <laughs> he had he just really had this warm warm quality to his voice, and um, I was a fan of his, and this was also one of my favorites of his, and it became uh, one of my favorites. So when you come home, here we go.
Jane, I love that song for a couple of reasons. I mean, it, beyond the the great music that that uh, he wrote, I think it captures your voice, your your register, your kind of uh, sound, and 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 not unlike Michael Johnson's that warmth that you have in your voice, and and as well as the feeling we've talked about feeling, and you know, Weston talked about vulnerability. I think that song just has it all. Yeah, I, I find that the songs that I enjoy singing, um, the words speak, but they also flow. Mm. And um, it's how the words come out of your mouth. I don't know, this sounds maybe sounds really weird, but <laughs> it has to be comfortable. The, the way the words flow, it's like reading poetry. When the words flow and they're easy and it's easy to feel the flow of the words, like music has to flow. Yeah, yeah. And that's, you know, those are, those are my favorite pieces to play and sing. Well, that song does it and you, you nailed it. So now we're gonna do something really different. I, I you know, when we were chatting, one of the ways you put bread on the table uh, back in the day was uh, had a company that uh, did jingles. And um, yeah. we've, we've got a couple of jingles here. Tell us a little bit. I think there's one from Bergman's. Uh, let's start off with that one. Tell us about kind of the process uh, of writing a jingle and, and this particular okay, well, piece. <laughs> so we, did, we sang on these jingles and it was really fun. And so when we moved to Minneapolis, um, we thought, well, you know, that'd be fun to do. Some, maybe we can do some jingles here in Minneapolis. So we went to the union, the uh, to AFTRA, which is the union for um, uh, radio and television actors and singers and, and voice people. And we walked in and we were all ready to join the union. We had the money in our pocket and we said, you know, we just moved here from San Diego and we'd like to sing some, you know, we'd like to join the union. So maybe we could also sing on some jingles. And the, the secretary looked up at us and said, there are 10 people in Minneapolis who sing jingles and we don't want any more. <laughs> My goodness. We, we don't even want to take your money, they said. 
you, you can't even join the union. Mm. So guess what we did? <laughs> <laughs> we started our own jingle company. Okay. okay. Yep. And um, we started producing jingles. And um, I, I mostly, I wrote a couple maybe, but, but we hired better arrangers and better composers than, than I was then to, to do these jingles. And we called up everybody that we knew. Bergman's is a um, furniture and remodeling carpet kind of uh, tile, you know, fix up your house kind of place in Glencoe where I grew up. Mm -hmm. And I went to high school with, with Roger Bergman and his brother Bruce Bergman who owned Bergman's. And if you call them today, they still have this jingle on their phone. Oh my goodness. I know, it's crazy. Wow. wow. Well, let's play them both together. Tell us about the Christmas time one too. Okay, that's, that that's was the, yeah. That was a special. Um, we were hired to 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 produce and um, do a special for the city of Minneapolis. They were having um, a a um, a celebration downtown in Minneapolis, and they wanted uh, a song to promote that celebration, and so that's where this came about. So let's take a commercial break from our regular, <laughs> this is intermission time. Right. People get to listen to a, a couple of jingles and then we'll talk a little bit about them. Okay. Cover it with quality. Bergman's quality. Cover it with style. With your style. Cover it with value. And with your kind of savings. Cover it beautifully. Looks great. It's an easier, friendlier way to and with Bergman's, it's just a phone call away. Bergman's Country Interiors, we've got you covered, Bergman's. City sidewalks, busy sidewalks, dressed in holiday style. In the air, there's a feeling of Christmas. Oh my goodness. Uh, what, what is it like to, to write a commercial? I mean, you know, now we can, we can with our um, phones or our TVs, we can, we can eliminate the commercials, but uh, I know commercials keep the things on the airwaves and help businesses. What was it like to write and work on commercials? You know, back in those days, um, commercials were 60 seconds. So there was plenty of time for music. There was plenty mm -hmm. of time you know, to turn your message into a musical message. Ah. And now commercials are 10 or 20 seconds. Right. So you don't, you, they, 
jingles don't basically don't really exist anymore and it's really too bad i mean we all remember the coke commercials you know reach out and you know i mean it used to be a song would would identify a a company or or whatever and it's it's really too bad but that that industry was a pretty big industry not only in minneapolis but in new york and in chicago and la the jingle production um business was huge and it's pretty much gone away so that was a historical segment it was an intermission it was historical looking back (laughs) that was fun thanks for thanks for sharing those um you're gonna now share a piece you know we started with turn turn and the choral piece Here's another example of this, which uh, took a great tune, um, which uh, I think when it was originally recorded was during the Gulf War. Am I right? I think you're right. Yeah. And and people were feeling, um, you know, what's going on in the world? And um, so so tell us how this this piece came to be because um it's a favorite song of many people and we can sing along but tell us how this one happened yes it's absolutely one of my favorite songs and it was written by julie gold and but um it just i loved her arrangement i loved her recording of this piece and i just had to add it to my repertoire and um i wanted to make it bigger and so i added some instrumentation um, there's a great guitar solo. And I also wanted to add a choir. So I called Weston <laughs> and I said, Weston, I have this crazy idea and I, it's okay if you say no, but um, I, I was wondering if you would be willing to have Nordic sing um, on, an, on a song that I'm doing for my album. And so I sent him the basic tracks just so he could hear it. And he, he answered back and he said, this sounds great. Sure, we'll do it. <laughs> so we went down to Luther, the engineer, Steve Weiss, and my producer, Carol, and me, we went down to Luther and we went into the uh, choir. I think we did, we actually, I think we went into the, um, the orchestra room in Jensen and we recorded the choir singing the background for this, for this piece. Well, this is a great song to uh, to kind of just, again, sit back and, you know, not only remember looking back, but again, think about what's going on in the world today and, and how can we each uh, step back, you know, from a distance and ask questions, but also be a part of not just um, reflection, but actually be a part of the solutions. So let's let's take a look from a distance. From a distance, the world looks blue and green, and the snow-capped mountains white. From a distance, the ocean meets the stream, and eagles take to flight. From a distance, through the land it 
Well, once again, Jane, you you nailed it, and the and the choir and the the guitar and and the sounds, um, that was just wonderful. Thank you for that. And you you are probably best known as being a vocalist um, and obviously a great keyboard player, but you you've been teaching piano for quite a few years, and I'm I'm wondering as a as a keyboard player as a piano teacher, what wisdom do you have for either young people or people taking up the piano, what, what advice do you have for them as they, uh, they learn, as they grow and become pianists? Wow. Um, first of all, have a good instrument because that makes it easier to play. Um, find a good teacher mm-hmm. and um, play, 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 play. It's just like golf. The more you play, the better you get. So that old line about uh, the man who was lost in New York City and asked, how do I get to Carnegie Hall? And the local said, practice, practice. A- yeah. applies, right? And, and, and you know, and it's, it's, kind of, it's kind of sad that practice has sort of a negative connotation. Right. Right. So I really tell my students, just play, just yeah. sit down and play. Even if you're just, you know, <laughs> looking around and, you know, yeah. you know just play. I, I like that. That's uh, I'm I'm erasing the word from my mind of practice, and I'm yeah. just saying, play. And you know, I my grandma used to say, my mother used to say, go outside and play. So right. go outside and play. Go inside and play. It's all about play. play. Jane, this this has been great fun. Um, thank you for taking the time. Thank you for your years of music making. Um, you have a great gift and. Um, it's been fun to learn more about your journey and to hear uh, some great examples over that musical journey of the magic of music in your life. I know our listeners will uh, will perhaps want to be in touch. Is there a way they could connect with you for wisdom and counsel and music? Um, any particular way they could reach you? You know, I actually I just I have a brand new website. Oh. Um, which is janehendersonmusic.com. Okay. Um, or they can, let's see, what should we do? I don't know. How, how, I don't know. How can they connect with me? I can uh, give them my email address. Cool. Henderson.jane at rocketmail.com. Wonderful. I know, I, I suspect that some folks might be touching base with you on any number of uh, questions or comments. And certainly uh, I end with great praise for all that you've contributed to many of our lives musically for for a long time. And we hope for many more years to come. Thanks. Thanks for taking the time to, to join this podcast, Jane. Oh, thank you, David. It was, it was, it was very much, it was very fun. And thank you for letting me do my thing. All right. Until next time, I'm Dave Ellingson, 
And this has been the Paddle Pilgrim Podcast, the podcast which explores adventures in life, relationships, and the human spirit. In coming episodes of my series, The Magic of Music, we will enjoy jazz, orchestral, country, and the music of Broadway. Tune in and subscribe to the Paddle Pilgrim podcast on your mobile device, computer, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. And for more information on my books and films, check out my website, paddle-pilgrim.com. And thanks for listening.